Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEELS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code Food heals. Being hot is a mindset. And when you actually think about like that hot girl summer stuff, right? It it isn't just one weight. It isn't just looking quote unquote, whatever good in a bikini is to you. It's like being hot is being confident. You can't have that confidence without feeling a certain way and having a mindset. Being a hot girl is having a hot girl mindset. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Have you ever felt guilty for wanting to be hot, healthy, and successful? You are not alone. Today's guest, Lauren Hubert, aka the sorority nutritionist, helps women lose weight with confidence and style, and she is passionate about teaching you to fuel your body for lasting and balanced weight loss without shame and guilt so you can be your happiest, your healthiest, your most successful self. After gaining nearly 20 pounds as a freshman in college, Lauren was left struggling with her self-confidence and feeling insecure. And I can certainly relate as I also, like many of us, gained that freshman 15, that freshman 20. And Lauren became determined to lose the weight. She began running for hours a day and cutting out calories from her diet, which really just led her to be so restrictive with her food choices and calorie intake to the point where she was even scared to grab a drink with her sorority sisters. So it wasn't until she began studying nutrition that she realized her diet was a hot mess express, as she says, and she was going about eating and exercising and dieting all wrong. So today she is a registered dietitian who is passionate about teaching you to fuel your body for lasting and balanced weight loss after she was able to find her own success. That interview coming up soon. But first, Food Heals Nation, who else wants free vitamin D for a year? I've partnered up with my friends over at Athletic Greens to make that happen. That's at athleticgreens.com slash foodheals. Athletic Greens has 75 whole food source ingredients, vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, prebiotics, antioxidants, and it tastes delicious. But hey, don't just take my word for it. In fact, I've brought back one of your favorites, From episode 332, it's Tyler Fredericks. He's going to be our resident taste tester. Welcome back, Tyler. What, me again? Yes. I'm so happy to be here again. I get to try more new things. Yes, I'm excited to have you. So I'm going to show you what I just made. It is the Athletic Greens. You put one scoop in the water once per day. Shake it up. So you hear me shaking now? Please give us a taste test. Shake it up. Shake it off. You can. She can shake it off too. Got to open this thing. Okay, let's look at the athletic greens. Pretty. Well, taste them. Yeah, that's pretty good actually. Wow, for uh for a nutritional vitamin 
packed drink. That's actually really good. For something huh. that looks as green as it is, it kind of tastes to me like pineapple. Yes, exactly. Okay. Any other flavors you're getting? No, I, I honestly, I was thinking pineapple all the way. It's delicious. It doesn't look like it tastes. It tastes amazing. Yeah, so. it tastes really good. So the taste that they say it is is papaya, broccoli, cherry, carrot, pineapple, and vanilla. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> pineapple went out for me. So And that's a great thing. I love pineapple. Yeah. Okay. So take a look at the ingredients and let me know what you think. Let's see. I, first, first glance, there is a lot in here. And uh, as you look at it, it's just full of vitamins. And if you can just take one scoop of this in the morning and be good to go all day, that's... an great way to do it yeah it's got the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables so that's getting a lot in that you're probably not going to get in throughout your day most likely yeah definitely vegan friendly healthy easy to drink oh yeah this is good yep so it's cheaper than a cup of coffee it's about 250 per drink so i'm still getting the coffee too though <laughs> you can still get your coffee and even if i did miss my coffee if i had a shot of athletic greens it's going to support my energy. It's going to support my immune system, which is nice. It's good for your gut health, your digestion, and it's not full of sugar. So it's going to keep your blood sugar levels right where they are in the normal range if you have issues with that. So this stuff's good yeah. if you ask me. Yep. And it's got the adaptogens. It helps with stress. It's good for all the things. So Food Heals Nation, go to athleticgreens.com slash foodheals, and you're going to get two free gifts. You're welcome, Food Heals Nation. But I should say, thank you, Athletic Greens. You'll get free vitamin D for a year plus five free Athletic Greens travel packs, which are great for planes, trains, and automobiles on the go with your subscription. So check it out at athleticgreens.com slash foodheals. Next up, my interview with Lauren. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. She shows women how to lose weight while having fun so they can become confident, sexy, and unstoppable. Please welcome Lauren to the show. Oh my goodness. I need that introduction every morning when I get up. You are hyping me up over here. <laughs> I mean, confident, sexy, unstoppable. That's how I want to wake up every day. So how do we do that, Lauren? <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? Because it just like so breaks my heart how so many women, I mean, speak of waking up in the morning, wake up and don't feel like their best self. And I know we were talking about it off camera, or should I say like off recording um, before before pressing play on this. And, <laughs> you know, so many people feel like judged for trying to eat a certain way or, or prioritize certain goals. And like, I just think in a world where there's so many opinions, like you have to do what's best for you. Yeah, I was, um, I'm going to pull it up right now because I sent it to my friend who is in this mode of weight loss right now, so into it that I felt the need to share this. And it was from my friend Kara from Kara's Kitchen. And she wrote on Instagram, you were not put here on earth just to lose weight and look good. And I was like, God, I know a lot of people that need to hear this. Yeah. And I think actually focusing so much on weight loss. And by the way, this is coming from a dietitian who literally has a business just focused on weight loss and counseling, but just focusing so much on weight loss actually misses the point about why you even want to lose weight. You want to lose weight or, you know, for some women, you want to lose weight and to look a certain way, feel a certain way and be a certain way. And you think it's so much about the number on the scale, but really it's about how you feel about your body. Yes. Okay. I could not agree more. So first of all, take us back and let us know a little bit more about you and what you do, how you help women. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a registered dietitian, um, you know, trained in that realm, but 
really what brought me to this place and my business, the sorority nutritionist, um, what I'm known as online is actually my own struggle with dieting. So when people hear the word sorority, there is so much judgment, there's so much shade. But true fact, I was a sorority girl in college and I ditched competitive sports. I ended up moving to a new state. I went to Florida State, um, was living in Massachusetts before, joined and rushed a sorority my freshman year, and I ended up gaining 20 pounds. And it was during that time that my diet became a hot mess express. I was going through so many life changes. And honestly, through all of that is what what really led me to my interest in nutrition. And I decided to switch my major. I had no idea what a dietitian was at the time. But boy, oh boy, I actually went down this horrible restrictive dieting path that I felt so alone and I felt like I was the only woman to hate my body. But in reality, all of the people around me, all of my sorority sisters, I know a large majority of them were having the same struggles. And it wasn't until further into my nutrition education and really putting in more self-work where I was like, feeling so embarrassed about how I was fueling my body and how much disordered eating I was going through that I actually realized, oh my God, like so many other women struggle with this and I'm not alone. Like, why am I scared of it? And that's what actually inspired my private practice and doing the work that I do. I knew I wasn't meant for a traditional job. And instead I really wanted to help women not only you know, myth bust all of the bullshit on the internet when it comes to what being healthy really is. But I also wanted a place where if you did want to lose weight, you're not shamed for it because there is so much shame in the world of weight loss because a lot of people do it for the wrong way. But at the same time, it's not a bad thing inherently to lose weight, which I know is a very unpopular opinion with the body positivity movement. But if you can lose weight, you can shed body fat, build muscle, which is a science and do it in a really amazing way. And I want women to have a safe place to do it without disordered eating. I have also felt conflicted between wanting to look my best, feel my best and embrace I am curvy and the body positivity movement, right? And there's like finding that balance. And I can totally relate to your story because the same thing happened to me. I went to college. I gained what they call the freshman 15, which was actually the freshman 20. Wait, I gained the freshman 22. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember being so confused at the time. Now I can look back and go, well, in high school, I was extremely active, soccer, cheerleading, after school sports. And then food was not a priority. In my life, I just ate what my parents made me and burned it off because I was young, moved to college, drinking begins, didn't have a gym membership, didn't work out because I wasn't a member of any type of, I didn't play any sports. And then a little bit of depression moving out of parents' house into an entirely new environment. And then across the street, from UNCW, my school was Taco Bell. Next door, as you pull into college, was Hardee's. Do you know that both of those lines every single day were 20 minute lines of all college students because that's what we ate, right? And I started birth control. So no wonder oh my <laughs> I gained the freshman 20. But then all the shame that came with that after that was life lasting because you go, all of a sudden I'm in a place where I hate my body and I judge myself and I think I'm not good enough that I didn't have before. And that came from that 20 pounds. Yeah. And I think uh, it's so interesting looking back and I've shared this, you know, on, on my podcast with, uh, with my audience as well. And I'm sure many women in the food, he- food heals audience can relate, but I almost didn't realize I gained weight and it wasn't until actually external comments that I realized. And I'm mm-hmm. not, sad about those uh, those comments from other people. I know most people would look back and be like, you know, why did why was someone commenting on your weight? 
that must have really negatively affected you. Like you should never comment on people's weight. But honestly, it was a reality check for me because I was just like you across the street. There's this place called Mr. Roboto's at Florida State. And oh my God, like I was (laughs) stuffing my face with this Asian food. And then I would order pizza and like things that were not normal for myself. And then I was decreasing my activity and I was like not fueling myself right. And I'm honestly so thankful people actually did comment on my weight because the weight was just a reflection of my horrible relationship to food. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so it. And I didn't realize that I was forming relationships with food back then, but I was. And then the interest, the most interesting thing about it is that years later, when I really started to understand nutrition and exercise and loving my body and loving myself wherever I was, I'm probably the exact same weight I was when I gained those 20 pounds because I've never gone back to the high school weight. However, I am so much more body confident. I feel good in my body. I'm not bloated and 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 like inflamed like I was back then. It's probably the same weight on the scale, but it's more, okay, now I have muscle. Now I embrace my curves and love my curves. And I feel so much different. And it's a mindset shift rather than I lost weight and I feel better. It's like mindset shift. And now the weight isn't in a different way because it's muscle, not as much fat. And I feel good. And I love myself. Or back then I went into that pattern of not loving myself because I was judging myself based on my body because I saw the weight gain. And like you said, people mention it and you're like, oh, what do you mean? And then it's like that stuff sticks with you. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think with the conversation around like what, like is weight loss okay? You know, what's going on there? I actually really have this phrase within TSN, the sorority nutritionist, where it's like about being hot. Like, and hot doesn't have one body type. Yes, there's societal norms. There's cultural standards that women feel pressure to be like, but being hot is a freaking mindset. And when you actually think about yes. like that hot girl summer stuff, right? Like it, it it isn't just one weight. It isn't just looking quote unquote, whatever good in a bikini is to you. It's like being hot is like being confident and like that you can't have that confidence without feeling a certain way and having a mindset. Being a hot girl is being a mindset, having a hot girl mindset. Preach, girl. Preach. Yes. And I will say with what you were saying before as well, like being your lowest weight also doesn't equal confidence and feeling hot. I know at my lowest weight in the peak of my disordered eating in college, I was the thinnest I ever have been, but I was literally so freaking self-conscious, afraid of food. And I think for many women listening to this podcast, your weight is going to change. I think we need to normalize weight changes over time. I work with so many different women as a dietitian and, you know, People may have this perception of what weight they think they're going to feel their hottest and most sexiest at, but in reality, once you learn balanced eating and nutrition and really how to fuel your body, not starve your body, we have to fuel our body for our aesthetic goals and feeling our best, you will realize, just like you were saying, the body composition is so important. And yes, I love the scale for progress. My clients use it. I think actually sometimes weighing yourself more often can even show you the fluctuations because we're not taught this, but at the same time, body composition, which is the the fat mass versus muscle mass, is so much more important. Yes. So one of the things that you are passionate about is helping people realize that you can lose fat and transform your body, even if the scale doesn't change that much. So talk to me about what that means and how we can do that. I know for me, just really quick, it's like my nutrition has improved so much. And I was 
literally taught you have to eat less to lose weight. But if you're working out and building muscle, you actually have to eat more. So there's all these factors that go into it. So the idea of eating less and starving yourself and all of that obviously can be super emotional. Tell me the real deal to lose fat, transform our body. And scale can be a a unit of measurement to help us on our journey, but it is not the end all be all of where we are. Absolutely. So I really, I'm so, I'm not black and white with nutrition. However, I think you have to be kind of black and white and strategic dependent on where you're starting at. So To give some context, um, really when it comes to your aesthetic goals, you know, you have to consider where you're starting at. So if you are going on a 50, 60, 100 pound weight loss journey, you're going to want to and realistically expect more weight loss on the scale because you have a higher body mass and you also have more fat mass on yourself. So with that in mind, like you may see more weekly weight loss where at TSN, what we call that last five or 10 pounds is more of a quote unquote fat loss stage. Even your last 10 to 20 pounds, that is really more focused on fat loss and aesthetic change. And while for every client, no matter what your starting weight is, we want you to lose body fat, maintain and or build muscle with what you're doing. The expectations of your scale progress are really important to have in check before you begin your journey, before you start the habitual habit changes and nutrition and exercise, you know, changes we're implementing because that's what's going to keep you motivated. And honestly, if there's a disconnect between what you expect to see on the scale versus what is happening, it can lead to insurmountable disappointment. That being said, when it comes to the what you should be doing, I have a framework that I find really simple. And obviously I'm very biased because I've, you know, through my own trial and error and my experience as a dietitian, this is what I teach my clients. But really it's, I call it my framework, but it really is just breaking down the science of nutrition. Like this is not rocket science. This shit has been around for years. I'm just trying to transform how we think about weight loss and make it really easy. So you keep mentioning TSN, which I know is the sorority nutritionist. First, tell me what that is and then take me through the framework so that Food Heals Nation can fully understand because I want to make sure that we know when you take us through the framework, this is what we can learn with you, the sorority yeah, nutritionist. Yeah. So TSN is the little trendy way I like to say the sorority nutritionist because it is totally a mouthful. And actually, fun fact, when I went to go create TSN back in the day, the only website I could buy had the in front of it. So I'm so happy it had it because now I have this cool little TSN thing that we say everywhere. Um, So TSN is basically (laughs) my private practice and what I really teach my clients. So when I talk about TSN, I mean the TSN community. I talk about, you know, what I teach, what I preach. You know, I'm a little bit of a preacher with how I talk on social media Um, and honestly, just my framework. So Within TSN, there is a framework for weight loss that is really just an easy way and simplistic way that breaks down what is required for body composition change and weight loss and fat loss. So it basically breaks it down into three steps. So the first step is eating less than what you burn. The second step is balancing your plate, having carbs, proteins, and veggies, which is the meal foundation. And then the third step is fun, all about fun foods and implementing them as part of your plan. But taking a hot second to really focus on step one, which is eating less than what you burn. I know you had mentioned it before, but we think weight loss as super restrictive. We think about giving up things, being in a quote unquote calorie deficit, which is eating less than what it takes to maintain our weight. And that can feel really restrictive and overwhelming. But the truth is just because you're trying to eat less calories doesn't have to be restrictive, doesn't have to be like you have to give something up. And oftentimes it could be what you're missing in your diet. And I know a lot of the Food Heals Nation are plant-based. And when you're thinking about weight loss and many of the women I work with, because you do have to eat around, you know, 300, 500, less than what you burn to consistently see about half a pound to two pounds a week on the scale, 
even though you do have to give something up, what about what you can add in? And for a lot of women, you may not be having, you know, veggies in your meals. You not might not be balancing your plate with the proper portions of proteins and carbs, and you might be eating more carbs, less protein, not a lot of veggies, which leads you to overeating. It leads you to not feeling full. So really with my framework and the step-by-step structure, it's really about changing your habits and really thinking about what is on your plate. So weight loss feels effortless and fun, but especially when it comes to the fun piece, you know, when you realize how many calories you need to be eating for your aesthetic goals, it actually is super empowering because I don't want you to give up anything, even something quote unquote fun. You know, you may call it bad right now, but anything fun can absolutely fit your plan, but it comes with planning and strategy and knowing, okay, you know, I have 1800 calories I need to be eating for my aesthetic goals. How can I fit in fun in there? Oh, this ice cream is around 200 calories. I can fit it in. And guess what? Even if I go over my calorie range, the weekly average is what matters most. So these little tips and tricks are really the foundation of what is really necessary for weight loss and doing it in a way that doesn't feel restrictive. Yes. Well, I love this. And I think um, one important point is that not all calories are created equal. So can you speak to that? Because it's like, once you realize that, you're like, I can actually eat more over here because I'm eating more highly dense, nutritious foods. So I get to eat more and enjoy it rather than eating some really, really high calorie food that is unhealthy. I can go over here and eat delicious food. But a lot of times we don't know that because like when I was in college, we were eating the fast food and we were eating the garbage and I knew I didn't know any better. Yeah, absolutely. And I so, I love that you asked that because I'm honestly thinking back to like those OG Instagram photos before I even became like this Instagram person, like posting content. I used to see these photos when I was on my journey of like a fast food, like McDonald's thing and like the size of the meal that you have versus like this whole big plant-based meal that has like all this volume, like home cooked, all this stuff. And it's like, holy cow, like both of those are the same amount of calories, but like I could not finish that whole meal on the right side that they showed because it was so much food. And that's why, you know, a calorie is a unit of energy. Carbs, proteins, and fats make up the calories you get in food and right alcohol adds a little bit, but we're not going into that right now. But long story short, (laughs) just because foods have calories in them does not make them equal. And, you know, I really take the stance that calories, yes, are a unit of energy. They all technically are created equal, but what you get in them is wildly different, has a different impact on your health, a different impact on your metabolism, how full you get, your ability to build muscle, your ability to be satisfied in a meal. And that is something that can't be reflected by just looking at your calories consumed. You have to look at the overall picture. And that's why, you know, the health of what you eat and the nutritiousness of it is so freaking important. Break this down for us with some actionable steps that we can take. Obviously, we can all join the program because this is something that many of us need yesterday. Um, But break us down into some actionable steps so we can stop self-sabotaging ourselves, we can get the results that really stick, so we can fuel our bodies for weight loss and not starve our bodies. Like, What are some steps? Yeah. So if your goal is to lose weight or dare I say the word tone up, I know it's a controversial word in the, in the nutrition space. Some people are like, you can't tone, but you know it. Okay. If you do want to tone up, you guys know what I mean, ladies. Um, it really first does begin with calories. So even though calories are not created equal, you have to build awareness around how much calories your foods have, because also another issue that many women, even if you're plant-based, you eat really nourishing, you eat clean, you know, all that, all that jazz, you may not see results 
if your calories are not in check. So, you know, even just for a few days, downloading my fitness pal, entering, you know, a typical day of eating during the week and then on the weekend and then seeing your calories consumed can be really eye opening. And we find that women and men who do track their calories, they tend to be more cognizant, of course, you can imagine with what they're eating. So even just having you track your calories for a few days can really just give you insight in it. Now the issue becomes, Lauren, how many calories should I be eating? And truthfully, every woman and man's unique calorie needs are unique to their body and how you exercise your height, your metabolism, how many diets you've been on, the types of foods that you eat. So while you may not know that information right from this podcast episode, that is something that takes a little bit more um, planning and more insight on, you know, person to person at the same time, how you eat right now is really reflective of, you know, your, your current habits. And even from there, trying to shave off a few, even just a hundred calories a day can potentially help you towards your goals. If you don't have like a structured plan there, then when it comes to calories, the next thing I would really encourage you to do is look at your daily protein intake. So everyone's protein needs, just like calories are very different and personalized, but even just a simple strategy of getting in roughly 20 grams of protein at every single meal. Now, if you lift weights, you may need more. For some of my clients, it's up to like 20, 30, even 40 grams of protein, depending on the meal. Um, and it does depend on your total diet and your goals, right? But at the same time, if you can try to aim for at minimum around 20 grams per meal, that's going to really help you get satisfied in your meals. It's going to help you feel full. Um, and that is also going to help you if you do go to the gym, build muscle because um, you're breaking down that muscle in your workouts and you have to refuel to be able to build it. You want a beautiful lawn, but the last thing that you want is another complicated or not to mention toxic lawn care product. So instead, how about a customized lawn plan that works with nature that's also beautiful and better for people, our pets, and the planet? That's why I love Sunday. Now that I'm here in sunny Florida and I no longer have my yard, I decided to test out Sunday Lawn Care over at Tyler's Place here in Santa Rosa Beach. So Tyler, how is Sunday working out for you? So far, so good. This has actually been a bit of a low growth period. Uh, it's been dry this month, so the Sunday products are really helping my lawn stay healthy. And so far, I've given it the nitrogen mighty green treatment and that went very well and wouldn't you know it we just got a second uh, box from sunday just yesterday really looking forward to using it right now they recommend that i'm using their lawn strong which is nitrogen lush growth it's got soy protein in it and molasses and that's going to keep my lawn fed and it's going to keep it ready to grow once the rainy season starts so keep in mind this just got sent to my door i didn't have to go to lowe's and look at a giant wall of poison products and have no clue what I'm doing. They do all the work for you and it shows up at your door. So I'm excited to use it. Yeah, that is really cool. I remember when we first did it, we went on the computer, typed in your address. It literally pulled up your lawn on some Google Earth technology thing. It knew what kind of soil you had and then it was able to customize a perfect plan for you. So I thought that was really cool. And yeah, shows up to your door. So it really takes takes the pressure off and just makes it really, really easy. And I love that it's made with the ingredients that you can actually pronounce. Like you said, there's seaweed and iron and molasses, and it's just something you can feel good about. And I know when Lily's out there or the kitties are out there that they are safe and protected. Absolutely. And that's the best part because where do they go after there? You know, inside your, your couch, yeah. <laughs> they go on your bed, they go in your house and you don't want that stuff to be tracked into your, your home yeah, and, or into your pets. Yeah. Because so. they can absorb through their paws, anything that's on the ground. So you don't want toxic lawn care. Our paws too. Yeah, our paws. I mean, if I'm crawling on the ground, well, if I was bare feet in the lawn, you know. 
Exactly. So this is a much better plan. Absolutely. So let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this summer. Go to sunday.com slash food heals. You'll get $20 off your customized lawn plan at checkout. Such a good deal. I appreciate it. And how easy was it, Tyler? Like all you did was took the pouch and you attached it to a garden hose and you sprayed. Yep, they send you a spray adapter. You just plug it in and you go around and spray it on the grass. And that's that's really it. And it, it tells you, I'm holding the instructions right now. It says today-ish, use the Lawn Strong. Then uh, come July, there's a week in July, they recommend that I use a heat defense because it's awfully hot here. So all the products are laid out, they're ready to go, and it tells you when and how to do it. Yeah, the customized approach is really, really cool. So get $20 off your custom lawn plan. Get Sunday.com slash food heals. Okay, so what else? So Tyler, last time you were here, we did a really fun wine tasting that was on episode 332. And we were tasting usual wines. And they're back today to sponsor today's episode. So let's talk about why we love usual. So one of the reasons I love usual is that there's no added sugars, chemicals and no pesticides. I do like that they have extremely low carb and they have no grams of sugar. Uh, I'm kind of curious how they do it because it is wine. So any idea? Right. Because it's like, well, don't grapes contain sugar? So how could you have a sugar-free wine? So essentially what Usual does is they pick their grapes at optimal ripeness to ensure all the sugar will be completely fermented until the wines are dry. So there's no residual sugar. So all that's left over is clean wine. In goes the sugar, out comes the alcohol. Now, many winemakers will actually purposely end fermentation early to keep a little sugar in the wine. But because usual wines are fermented until no more sugars are there, this is what makes them different, and it also helps make them lower in calories. So that explains how they can claim to be no added sugar. You know what else is great about this wine is that each bottle is about a glass and a half or a a large glass if you're so inclined. Yeah. Yeah. So if you open it, you can have that and you don't have the pressure of drinking the rest of an entire bottle. You can just have a a great size serving and be done with it. You don't have to worry about drinking a whole bottle and you don't have to worry about putting it back in the fridge for tomorrow and then dumping it down the sink, which is obviously going to happen when you come home from work the next day. Yeah, which So this is perfect. It happens way too often. I'm wasting wine. I'm like, I spent good money on this wine and I'm literally pouring it out. So this is a great way not to pour out or waste your wine. So I love that. I love that the grapes are sustainably farmed and I love the taste. So right here we have the Central Coast Rosé, says large glass. We've got the red from Mendocino County. We did a wine tasting last time. It's early in the day, Food Heals Nation, so we're not going to wine taste for you today. Maybe next time, right, Tyler? Hopefully next time. I got to go to the gym, but yeah. uh, yes, next time for sure. <laughs> so go check out the website for Usual Wines at usualwines.com and use my discount code FOODHEALS. You'll get $8 off your first order. So try your first glass on us. Now back to my interview with Lauren. So one thing that I really recommend everybody doing, because not every diet is going to work for everybody. I'm plant-based. It works for me. doesn't work for everybody. Is going to a functional medicine practitioner who can determine, okay, you might have a food allergy to this food. So just because this person can eat sweet potato and avocado doesn't mean this person can, and they're going to thrive on that. And people can't digest certain foods the same way. And so it's really getting a comprehensive look at your own health so you can determine 
the perfect diet that works for you. And then I love tools. So you mentioned my fitness pal, which is an amazing tool. What are some of your go-to apps or tools that you use? Because I think when we have a goal, we need accountability. So whether we have an accountability partner, a friend, a colleague, someone we're working with this towards, or we have apps or things to track our progress, that is what holds us accountable and actually makes us excited because if we don't track it, if we don't write it down, if we don't put it in an app, if we don't have a friend, we're not going to do it, right, past the first week, right? So what are some of the tools to keep us accountable? I love the MyFitnessPal. What are some of your other favorite tools? Yeah. Also, hot damn. I love that you say tool because I think people put my fitness pal on this freaking pedestal where it's like, oh my God, either my fitness pal is the devil <laughs> or it's like you have like my fitness pal is like the absolute pinnacle of God and like everything in my fitness pal says is truth where it's yes. like, it's a tool, like real talk. Like it literally is a tool, just like the scale is a tool to tell you the weight. Like my fitness pal is a tool to see your calories and it's an amazing tool for that accountability piece. And not a tool of judgment. I'm sorry, but like not a tool of judgment. The scale is not a tool of judgment. My fitness pal or any app you're using, or if you're track if you're journaling, or if you're talking to a friend, there's no tool of judgment. It's a tool of measurement so that you can keep going on the path. And if you fall off, guess what? Embrace it. Go, hey, I ate the chocolate cake and I loved it. It was so good. Now Absolutely. I'll get back on tomorrow or tonight or whatever. No, I love that. I love it. And also my fitness pal is a great tool because it's the judgment piece and even if you do have that cake, track it and know like it's your it's your internal response to having that cake and your disgust in yourself potentially that's making you feel like an ass for having it when it's like you had it, those were the calories. It's just so black and white. We have to get like less emotional about it. Alongside my fitness pal, I do think the scale is an incredible tool. And, you know, everything I do with my clients is not cookie cutter. Like I may, you know, recommend my fitness pal, recommend weighing yourself to you guys right now. But the truth is like you do have to see where you're at for some of my clients weighing themselves daily can actually show them weight fluctuations and make them feel better about themselves and actually understand their body better, especially around their period if you're a female. Um, and then other, you know, women weighing themselves mm -hmm. one time a week and having a boundary on it or honestly ditching the scale and, you know, doing body composition assessment or seeing how you fit in clothes is better. Um, in addition, another great tool could be journaling and also thinking about how often you're eating and setting parameters around mealtimes and like what you need on your plate instead of tracking your calories. That way you're focusing on the nourishment of your food and you use that for accountability instead of, you know, focusing so much on numbers. But I do agree with you. Like you have to have a holistic approach and it can't just be about calories. It has to be about how you feel at your meals and reflecting on your mindset and improving all areas of your hot girl health. Right. And not just, oh my God, I'm focusing on calories and eating less. <laughs> hot girl health. I love it. <laughs> Okay. So when we focus on our hot girl health, I have found journaling as one of the most effective tools because what it can reveal is when you're eating certain foods and then you're feeling a certain way after, whether it's judgment, whether it's unbloated, whatever it might be, you can recognize patterns. And so if you're not at the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to get everything measured by a functional medicine doctor and figure out what my food um, allergies are, what nutrients I'm deficient in, if you're not there yet, and you just do the food journal and you start tracking your feelings, whether they're physical feelings, emotional and mental feelings, then you can see this food makes me feel this way. And therefore, you can choose to keep it in the diet. If it's like mangoes make me feel amazing, rice makes me feel like crap, right? Then you can help tailor that diet so that you're eating the foods nutritionally that work for your body. And I think that 
if you have any tool that you add, I think food journaling might be number one for me. What would be number one for you? Yeah, you know, most people would be like, Lauren, you're going to choose my fitness pal. But I actually think beyond just food journaling, I think journaling in general, because the more I work with women in my career, and the more even on my own like entrepreneurial journey and you know going through my own weight loss body composition journey myself it's more your perception of your progress and how you view yourself that sabotages you than it is even what you're eating at times and i know that's so shocking to hear from a dietitian on the food heals podcast where you know <laughs> we promote healthy eating both of us but at the same time the why behind what food you choose is really important And, you know, I just had this conversation with a client today. She came to me and was like, Lauren, I feel so restricted. I can't have fun foods. But in reality, what we really got to is this core belief that she thinks lower calorie foods are healthier than higher calorie foods. And so Mm. all of her food decisions were with this judgment of, you know, if I don't choose the lower calorie option, I am being bad. And I think when it comes to fueling your body and feeling your best, like we have to break down these beliefs that oftentimes we mask and we think it's like something else. It's like, oh, it's because I'm not able to go out to dinner and feel restricted. And that's why I don't feel my best. And I feel restricted on my journey. But in reality, it's oftentimes what we're not realizing because we're not tapping into it. We're not letting ourselves think and actually explore a relationship to food. Oh my gosh, I have chills. So the relationship that we have to food is so important. And very often, these can be misbeliefs formed in childhood. Um, For me, it was sugar is reward for a job well done. So guess what? I took that into adulthood unknowingly, right? But having chocolate decadent cake was a reward for working hard or whatever it might be. And sure, once, uh, maybe twice a month, no problem. (laughs) Once a day, big problem right? And so I had to trace back that belief that food is reward, that sugar is reward and go, all right, when did this first happen? Childhood. Okay. Parents, this is what they did and no fault of their own, absolute forgiveness and love. They were doing the best that they could with with what they knew how. And I remember I used to babysit and when the kids would do what I wanted them to do, I would give them dessert as a reward because that was a learned behavior. So I learned this behavior. It became a part of me. And then as an adult, I was like, this is why I need chocolate. Now I have done a lot of work around it and not that I'm a hundred percent, but I can have a piece of dark chocolate and a glass of wine, uh, you know, and that can replace that need to devour the entire, even if it's vegan chocolate cake. And so I had to work on that and find out what was the emotional response. Oh, you worked hard. Here's what you deserve, right? Instead, what can you reward yourself with? You can reward yourself with so many other things other than food, but using food as reward was ingrained in me as a child. And so I brought that into adulthood. And so many of us are doing this unconscious of what we're doing. And so once you become conscious of it, you can actually change, you can be empowered to change it. And that's one of my favorite things I kind of geek out. I'm like, oh, where did this misbelief come from? Or this like attachment to something, whether it's money doesn't grow on trees or these beliefs that we're formed as a child or in, in our young adulthood that then stick with us. And we don't even know where they came from when I can trace them back and go, oh, well, that doesn't have to be true anymore. I can change in the present that misbelief from the past. How do you work with clients to really change their outstanding beliefs that they've had with them for long periods of time? 
Yeah. You know, I love your story, by the way. And I personally relate to that as well. There's many instances where I, you know, even till this day, like, I feel like when you begin this self-exploration journey, which I cannot believe I'm saying that, but I mean, I definitely (laughs) kind of do that daily with the journaling and the reflection stuff. Honestly, you like relearn who you are and all these things that you didn't know about yourself. And I truly do believe that many women don't do this work. And it's far easier to go to a functional doctor, functional medicine doctor, get tested. It's so easy to get a calorie number, try to hit it on my fitness pal, because you don't actually have to think, you know what I mean? Like doing even a food journal of foods that you like, I mean, you're you're thinking, right? I don't want to underplay that guys, but at the same time, like this work of journaling and actually picking apart your food beliefs is really kind of traumatizing work. So it's very uncomfortable, but that's why so many women can go on diet after diet after diet, not see results and be like stuck in this, this realm. And if you really think about all of these diet programs, none of them get to that root cause and, imp- and not just talk about mindset of being like, show up for yourself, work hard, but they're not actually addressing the root cause. And I will, I completely agree with you. If you don't address this root cause, honestly, you may think your weight's out of control because it's lack of discipline, but it's also, it's truly probably out of control because it's lack of alignment and understanding what you're really struggling with because you can't break that cycle of always having that cake unless you're aware of that's like this known belief and we have to change that belief and change our habits. And this is really why with coaching, if you do struggle with this chronic dieting and not having enough discipline and more discipline just isn't going to fix you at this point, if you can relate to that, that's where you have to find a coach that also talks about mindset and relationship to food. Because if you are in a weight loss journey and a coach or dietitian or whoever you're working with is not talking about your relationship to food, I just don't think you're going to be successful long-term. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm so glad that you're out here helping people and especially women. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And we know that there's a lot of men that need this too. You just happen to focus on women. And I think my whole goal is to figure out how to find food freedom every day. And so I'm like, okay, am I eating this because it is going to fuel me? Or am I eating this because I'm in a state of needing food to fill a void because I'm avoiding uh, maybe a feeling I don't want to feel or I'm stressed or I don't want to think about something I have to do later. And so it's like, talk to me about stress eating and how we can overcome that. Because I feel like I'm someone who's pretty aware of it And I know when I'm doing it, but it took me a long time to get there because I thought I was just eating because I'm hungry. Well, a lot of times when I'm turning to the fridge, it's because I'm stressed and trying to avoid a feeling I don't want to feel. So that's stress in my opinion. So how do we as women, as men, as humans, because stress is going to hit us all of the time not turn to that emotional eating. Yeah. And I love how you're differentiating stress eating versus emotional eating. And I hope this makes sense to you ladies today, but when it comes to emotional eating or using food for comfort, I do just want to say like food is culture, food is celebration, food is something we, you know, have around us during sadness. Like I would be completely lying to you if I sometimes didn't go to food for comfort. And I think we do have to normalize using food for comfort in certain scenarios, but it's the extent, right? Because I'm also not here trying to normalize the fact that many men and women all around the world go to food to suppress certain emotions and uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. And that's what leads to their weight and their health getting out of control. So it really depends on the why it's happening. And I mean, when you have more self-awareness and mindfulness is really what it is, 
I know when I am turning to to food for emotional comfort, I am well aware of it, right? But for many people who are turning to food for for those reasons, like stress, you know, feeling out of control at work, burnt out, not paying attention to their health, not exercising, not fueling their body right, being quote unquote lazy, they may feel like, you know, that comes from sometimes just not being mindful and aware. Like some, I have so many women I work with that aren't even aware that they're turning to food until we sit down and have a conversation and actually talk about food. And it's so funny because we talk so much about food and there's so much obsession around food in our culture. But when you're struggling with your diet and food, you're you're oftentimes not talking to the right people about food. You're talking to Aunt Susie who wants you to go keto and is so opinionated <laughs> about her diet and making you feel like crap about it. When in reality, like food is supposed to be fun. And when you're stressed, I think it's amazing to be able to have a really amazing meal that makes you fuel your body and it tastes freaking good. So it's like we need structure around our diet. We need flexibility around our diet and also having other coping mechanisms when stress comes up because it will. All of my clients are stressed. They're booked. They're busy. They're doing big things. And girlfriend, you are probably doing that too. And guess what? It's okay to be stressed. But what's not okay is every time you're stressed, going to the fridge and stuffing your face because you're not dealing with your emotional shit. All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm sitting here with my girls, Ashley Fillingham and Brittany Watkins. And, you know, we're having conversations like we do with our girlfriends about weight loss and how to make it sustainable and how to do what works. And I think a lot of us are very confused when it comes to that. So, Ashley, we have some questions for Brittany. Okay, so we've been talking a little bit about food cravings, that thing that gets in your head that won't let go when you think you have to have that bag of chips right. that don't even taste good once you got done mm-hmm. with it. It's not satisfying. Oh, no. So what is that about and how do we deal with it? Oh, this is one of my favorite questions. Okay, so a lot of people think that food cravings has to do with willpower, but what it actually is, and I'll have everybody actually think about this. So think about a food that you can't keep in the house. Like if you buy it, you have to eat it. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to think about your earliest memories of eating that food. Usually it's like, for me, it was cookies. And my earliest memories was baking cookies with my grandma. So usually it, you go back to a really positive time where there was really good feelings around. So a lot of people will say like, oh, ice cream. And my dad used to take me every Sunday to out to eat ice cream. And that was the only time that we got to spend just he and I together. Or we used to have pizza Fridays and, you know, we'd have everybody over in the neighborhood come together and, and um, you know, we'd watch movies and eat pizza. So most people will eat those foods as a way their subconscious mind is going back to soothing feelings from childhood. Mm-hmm. And we can never get enough of grandma's love, right? Or we can never get right. enough of dad's attention, right? So so that's what that's what ends up happening is that we'll overeat these foods as a way to fill ourselves with that love and that emotion. But this is going on subconsciously. This isn't actual, you're not deciding this consciously. You just look down and all of a sudden you finished an entire bag of potato chips or you've eaten an entire pizza or you ate the whole box of uh, cookies or you polished off the whole bar of chocolate, right? That's usually people's experience with craving foods. And it actually has nothing to do with your willpower. It has everything to do with these memories from childhood. 
You just explained red wine to me, <laughs> but that's for another time. Yes. It, it works for alcohol too. Yeah. So anyway, so this is what we work on and um, this is what I teach is techniques to actually rewire your brain in seven to 10 minutes. You do these techniques and it changes the neural pathways, the way your brain fires so that you can eat that food, but it's, you don't overeat it anymore. Everybody's like, Oh my God, don't take my like, you know, cookies away from me. But it's, but what it does is it just allows you to eat just one or two cookies or just a couple squares of chocolate rather than eating the whole thing, because it no longer represents grandma's love or dad's attention. It's just the food. And it's literally just reorganizing like files in a filing cabinet. It's just taking food cookies and grandma are filed in the same filing cabinet. And we just have to tell your brain, no, grandma goes in a different filing cabinet and food stays here, <laughs> right? It's really that simple. Really great way to put it. That makes sense for my brain to just organize it in compartments, compartmentalize it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway, if, if you want to have a free experience with it, um, you can go to pushthefoodaway.com and um, go through the process and see if it actually works for you and, and for your food craving. So you don't have to have that struggle or that fight with the food anymore. Yep. All right. So it's pushthefoodaway.com. You'll get Brittany's free training video. It's a great video. And then if you want to go next level with Brittany, you can get her Think and Thin Tapping System at 50% off. Thank you, Brittany. Using the discount code FOODHEALS to get 50% off. So thanks so much, ladies. Thank you. All right, Food Heals Nation. I'm hanging out here with my good friend Tina from Just Thrive Health, and we're just geeking out on why it's so important to really understand our body's ability to heal itself and how we can support our own immune system. So Tina, what are some of your tips for immune system support? Well, one of my favorite tips is taking a spore-based probiotic. Um, the One of the biggest differences with a spore-based probiotic is its ability to survive the gastric system. Most probiotics would die before they ever get to the intestines. The stomach acid would kill them. With spore-based probiotics, they actually get to the intestines alive where they go to work for about 21 to 28 days. And why that's so important is 70 to 80% of our immune system is actually found in our gut. And so we need to be supporting our gut in order to support our immune system. In fact, it is our immune system, or I'm sorry, our gut that is actually signaling our immune cells to go to work. Amazing. That makes so much sense. Thank you for breaking it down for us. And I know that they say the gut is the second brain. So just like you want to support your brain, you got to support that gut. So it's just thrivehealth.com. You can get your spore-based probiotics from Tina. Use the discount code FOODHEALS15 to get 15% off your order and put them on auto ship so you never have to think about it again and support your gut. So Lauren, take us through, if someone does join your membership, what do they get? How does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So when you join TSN, the membership, um, you guys first join and initially we have you figure out your calorie range for weight loss. And what's really cool about the membership is we actually help you guys not just share an equation to calculate your calories. We're making you actually go through the process of understanding your resting metabolic rate, how many calories you're maintaining right now. If you're tracking your food, you know, how you eat now, you Using all of that before we set your weight loss calorie range, which is 300 to 500 below your maintenance calorie range. With that in mind, though, we actually approve your calorie range five days a week in the membership. That way we can make sure your plan is good. Your plan is balanced because we don't expect you guys to be dietitians. And really with TSN, why I wanted to create a more digital product is being able to help more women. Um, and you know, so many women don't have access to this information around the simple question of how many calories do I need? And if you're tracking your food, you know, you have to get these numbers right because so many women do under fuel 
which just leads them to binge eating and not feeling so good there. Um, so we have, you know, video tutorials, step-by-step guidance on my framework and honestly just teaching you healthy eating. And what's really amazing about the community is we do have a community area where we respond to questions in there. There's amazing women inside there, vegan, vegetarian, um, and all sorts of, you know, everything in between where it's really just like food heals a very non-judgmental space because I think there's just so much judgment in the nutrition space when it's like how we're so alike. We're all so freaking alike. We all just want to feel amazing. We all want to be healthy, live long, beautiful lives. And at the end of it, like if you have a certain aesthetic goal, like having a place to be able to ask those questions is so important. Yes, and I appreciate that. And we need a place for other people who are like-minded and understand us in a judgment-free zone. So I really appreciate that you're doing that. And you have your blog and your podcast and your Instagram, so everyone should definitely follow. But I really need to know how to make the new Starbucks pistachio <laughs> latte low in calories. I know, right? Oh my God. So you know what I'm so upset about? They do not have pistachio on the menu now. It was like a seasonal situation. And I'm like, that was my favorite flavor. I am petitioning the Starbucks headquarters, I assume in Seattle, Washington, that they need to bring back pistachio ASAP. Okay, so they don't have the pistachio sauce, but one of the things that you do kind of show on your blog or on your Instagram is how to make some of these. You, well, you make a lot of comparisons, and then you can also say, like, here's how to make something um, better than the way that it's sold. So tell me about some of those, maybe some of your favorite swaps, since we don't have pistachio anymore. What are some of your favorites? Yeah, and, you know, honestly, the pistachio swap is just like any of the Starbucks swaps. So, I mean, you guys know by this point, I am not here to shame anyone if you want have fun foods because I think normalizing fun foods in your diet actually allows you to eat less of them and actually allows you to pick and choose your worth it foods, as I like to say. For you, it's chocolate cake. For me, it is ice cream, baby. Um, But with that in mind, you know, small swaps are my thing, especially for women hoping to either manage or even lose body fat, change their weight in whatever way, and honestly, just even improve their health. Like, I am not actively trying to lose weight, but I do not order a Starbucks drink with 60 grams of sugar in it because I will just spike up my blood sugar. It's unnecessary calories, real talk. And I just don't need that. So finding ways to make small swaps to anything, especially like a Starbucks drink is a really easy way to improve your health, especially if those calories are liquid. So, you know, many Starbucks drinks, they can have four or five, six pumps of the, of the sweeteners or even sauces, which, you know, sauces are, can be up to 60 calories per pump. So if, you know, a drink has four pumps, I may just get one pump in it because honestly too, like many of the women in the food heals community, I'm sure you you babes might actually have these foods and feel like, oh my God, they're too sweet. And now I can't even have a regular Starbucks drink without being like, oh my God, like I can't even have this coffee. Yeah. And it's hard because I know so many people who have, and if I, I say food addiction, but, and I, I want to say that lightly, I just mean like cravings, perhaps oh, yeah. addictions where you're like, gosh, I'm so healthy. I eat this green salad. I do the green juice. I'm doing everything right. Um, but I'm having that Starbucks craving, or a lot of people have cheese cravings because it's highly addictive food. So whatever it is, like we get it, like there's no shame in it. So how can you make it a smaller part of your diet or how can you have that food substitution? Like I love Miyoko's, all her cream cheeses are to die for and will replace all my cheese cravings. And one thing you said, ice cream. So I want to bring up ice cream. <laughs> but yeah. For you, it's ice cream. It's like, okay, ice cream is one. I grew up with that. Like I remember we would have, my mom would buy gallons of it and it was just, we had it every night. And so it was a go-to for me every night. And now I remember I recently realized something, which I thought was really cool because since I'm here in um, 
Florida now, there's I don't have um, as many vegan options. So I, I go to uh, a health food store maybe an hour away, and I had gotten the um, Ben and Jerry's vegan. I think it was cookies and cream or mint chocolate chip. Ooh. And yeah, so good. And a mango sorbet. Now, I got those two, brought them back, and the old me, even when I was still, you know, going when I went plant-based, the old me would have eaten two of those in two to three, four nights. These stayed in the freezer for at least two or three weeks because I was just taking little bites at a time. And I was like, wow, I, I just realized in that moment I really had shifted something that used to be a food addiction, right? Mm. That I could not sit – and they're little – you know, they're, they're little things. So you could eat a Ben and Jerry's in one sitting, and I've done it. I am not going to lie, okay? But I wasn't – I had no craving to do it anymore. So I knew I had shifted something over all of this time of working on myself. So I say that just to let everyone know, like, it's all possible. Um, I didn't go plant-based and all of a sudden only eat greens and only eat vegetables. Like, I still eat a plethora of delicious foods, but I have slowly over time gotten rid of those addictive behaviors and patterns that even as a plant-based person, you can still eat Oreos and still eat lots of processed shitty food. And so I just say that as a reminder, like, look how far you've come and appreciate yourself for every single win. Because I appreciated myself in that moment. I was like, wow, I grew up eating ice cream every night. And now I'm eating vegan ice cream, A, better, and no dairy. And then B, I'm letting it last two or three weeks, not two or three nights. And that was a major realization for me because I had overcome a lot of that emotional attachment to the food and I could still enjoy it, enjoy every single bite and be in pleasure because I don't want to deny myself a pleasure ever. Like life is meant to be enjoyed. I want to eat good food. I want to drink good wine. I'm going to eat great vegan ice cream. But at the same time, I'm not going to let it control me. I'm going to control it. And, and I, I shouldn't even use the word control because that's a trigger word, but I am going to allow <laughs> it to be a part of my life, right? <laughs> no, I love it. You're honestly reminding me of a, sto- um, a story I just had with a client. Long story short, I had a woman in one of my programs who we, we were talking about, like, she's like, Lord, I'm having such intense cravings, like so similar to what you were talking about. And we really got to the root of it. And honestly, I was trying to describe to her how fun foods like ice cream or like chocolate cake or whatever it could be for you guys, chips, you know, whatever it could be is an experience. Like fun foods are an experience. Like think of yourself growing up in the summertime, going in the, in the hot heat to an ice cream shop at 9 PM with your family, or maybe your high school boyfriend or whatever situation was going on there. And you, you have that ice cream, like that is an experience you buying ice cream at home and having it every night on your couch that is not the same experience. That is not right. the fun food experience. And not that you can't have ice cream at home because I definitely have ice cream at home. I actually love um, plant-based ice cream too, fun fact. The, oh, what is it? I think it's like the almond milk chocolate vegan ice cream from like the soy, or I meant it's the soy brand. I forgot. Literally so good. Like talk about addictive, like that shit's addictive. Um, but real talk, you know, like fun food should be an experience. And I think we want to normalize them in your diet. We don't want you guys to feel guilt or shame having fun foods that might be higher in sugar that we know are not as nourishing as having a big old kale salad, right? But at the same time, like we do have to remember fun foods can be normalized in our diet, but they're not the foundation of our diet. Like they are special experiences. 
Yeah, and enjoying them when you have it and not shaming yourself when you do, I think oh, is yeah. number one. Because I think that adds to I, – I think I gain more weight if I'm judging myself while I'm eating it than if I'm like, hey, I'm having this and I'm so happy. Like you're at a wedding eating wedding cake and you're so happy. I feel like that does not ex- affect the gut the same way because you're so happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Something that I would love to do as a dietitian is, is explore – more of the relationship between how you feel when you eat food. I mean, I'm not yeah. a scientist over here, guys. I'm like definitely a clinician and counsel people, but I definitely so agree with you. Your thoughts when you are eating food, I think impact how you metabolize food. I'm going to go out there and say it. I could not agree more. I think it's very important to just give yourself grace, whatever you're eating, no judgment, and that will affect how your body processes it. So I'm with you on that. I'm sure that could be an entire another podcast episode. I feel like I've done podcast episodes on this, but it is true. Just be your happy self no matter what you choose to eat and that will help along the way and it will actually encourage you to do better each time you do eat I believe I totally agree and also who wants to feel bad when they're actually having the fun food real talk you want to actually enjoy it that's why you're having it I want to enjoy all my meals with no shame no judgment and being like I am fueling my body for a perfect tomorrow you know what I mean yeah and also because tomorrow isn't promised if you're craving something you know every once in a while, allow yourself to have it. I don't want to die tomorrow without having my favorite foods. I love it. All right. So it's the sororitynutritionist.com. You can get the hot girl's guide to weight loss. Um, That's a three-day mini training on how to start losing weight so you can finally become your sexiest self. Where else can they follow you on Instagram, stalk you online, all that good stuff? Yeah. On on Instagram, on TikTok. I've slowly gone on to TikTok, guys. I'm way more hot on Instagram, I will say. Um, You can find me at sorority.nutritionist. And um, I also have a fun little podcast if you are trying to change your body composition and you are looking for some just like quick episodes on certain topics. Thank you. And how can they join the TSN membership? Yeah, y'all can go to the sororitynutritionist.com backslash membership um, and all the information is there. This is the first time I heard you say y'all. Where are you from? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm a fraud, guys. So I am from Boston, Massachusetts, born Uh and raised. But then I went to Florida for college, aka Florida State. I know we started the episode with that. And I lived in Florida for a very hot minute. I went back to Boston and back to Florida. And actually now I am back in Boston. So what's really funny is I say y'all. I've said it for a large majority of my life. I don't know where I picked it up. Um, And also my dad's from West Virginia. So maybe that is where I picked it up. I have no idea, but I've said it for a while and you know, it's here to say. (laughs) No, I I get it. It's funny because I'm from North Carolina, but in Chapel Hill, we didn't say y'all until I went to college. Then I moved to Wilmington. I was like, oh, I'm from the South. We say y'all. So then it stuck with me. But when I hear it, I'm like, okay, where are you from? (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. Literally, like, so many people on social media only knew me in Florida, and they actually didn't realize I was even from Boston. So when I moved back up here, they're, like, you know, telling me all these places. I'm like, I'm actually from Boston. Like, I'm the biggest fraud. Like, I don't know why I say it, but, you know, I'm just being my true self over here. No, it's okay. We pick up things along the way, and that that's what makes us who we are, and I love that. So more power to (laughs) (laughs) y'all. I'm dead. All right, the sororitynutritionist.com. Thank you, Lauren, so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Who else wants a free, fresh bottle of olive oil shipped straight to their door? Let me back up. The first time I went to Italy, I finally tasted real olive oil for the first time. It's not that I had never had olive oil before, of course, in the States, but the difference was I was having olive oil made fresh from olives that were growing on the property in Ravello 
off the Amalfi Coast. It was an experience I will never forget. And I ended up shipping like six bottles of it home because I couldn't bear to go back to store-bought processed olive oil. Well, the same thing happened to TJ Robinson. He's also known as the olive oil hunter. He learned that olive oil packs the most flavor and the healthiest nutrients when it's fresh from the farm. And that's the problem with your typical like supermarket olive oil the olive oil is not fresh. They can sit on the shelf for months, years growing stale. And that's why I'm so excited that I now get my olive oil direct from small award-winning farms. Thanks to TJ, who I just did an olive oil tasting with, which was so fun. I absolutely fell in love with their vibrant, fresh, grassy flavors. They're totally delicious. They're great on veggies, pasta, salad, you name it. And TJ has his fresh pressed olive oil club and food heals nation he will send you a full-size bottle worth 39 dollars of one of the world's finest most artisanal olive oils fresh from the latest harvest but he's only going to charge you one dollar to help cover shipping there's no commitment to buy anything now or ever it's his gift to food heals nation so you can get your free 39 dollar bottle for just one dollar shipping taste the difference taste the freshness you can go to get fresh 323.com. That's getfresh323.com. You'll get your free bottle and you'll pay $1 for shipping. Getfresh323.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.